Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Yeah, it's great to have your company. Welcome to Sports Day. Uh, thanks to Kia and the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Peter Vlahos with you. Thanks to Hazen Marta. They'll be back again tomorrow afternoon between three and five. And, of course, you can call us anytime on the Kia open line if you want to have a chat, 13 12 55, or on the temperate bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Well done, to our Australian women's cricket team. Uh, just totally dominant, and we're going to focus more on that a bit later on. I'm going to speak to Christina Matthews, the CEO of the Australian Cricket Association, because a couple of the major players in the Australian women's cricket team, the T20 team that won the uh, World Cup in South Africa uh, in the early hours of this morning, our time, uh, have been involved with the Perth Scorchers T20 team. Beth Mooney, of course, played with the Perth Scorchers in the season just gone. And Meg Lanning, the captain of the Australian team, of course, was with the Perth Scorchers for a couple of seasons, a couple of seasons ago. So we'll talk about the emergence of uh, the women's cricket team. It's interesting. I remember there was a survey and a bit of research done a couple of years ago where Australia's favourite sporting teams were dominated by women. In this uh, research that I saw, uh, the report suggested that the emotional connection of the 13 Australia's sporting national teams was that the women's cricket team topped the list. It was followed by the Matildas. This is emotional ties. In other words, people that really uh, felt connected to these teams. So it was the women's cricket team that topped the list and the Matildas. And then I remember I just had a look at it, the Australian women's rugby sevens team and then the Diamonds, of course, our netball national team. Uh, And they were more popular than the Australian T20 men's cricket side and other male-dominated sports. So there's no question that the Sam Kerr influence on the Matilda has been significant. I think when it comes to our women's cricket team, the fact that they have conducted themselves over a long period of time in truly a professional manner, being very sportsmanlike and at the same time being just very good technically and professionally, I think it's endured uh, that with a lot of the people that have followed sport over the last few years. And after all, this Australian women's cricket team have been dominant not only for the last six months, 12 months, but really for the last decade, haven't they? But we're going to focus more on that a bit later on. Before we go any further, let's uh, look at the Novus top five at five. Of course, there is a Novus near you. All you need to do, if you've got any problems with your old windscreen, then you need to give Novus a call. 1322 34. 
That's 13-22-34 as we get into the top five at five, all thanks to Novus. And coming in at number five, Premier League teams, Manchester United and Newcastle came together at Wembley Stadium, a packed Wembley Stadium in London. It was the English League Cup final known as the Carabao Cup and it was United victorious by two goals to nil. Short ball in the head. It's a great performance by United, and they're on the charge. Uh, I'll be speaking to Daniel Garb a bit later on about that match and also about uh, another big League Cup final that was staged north of London a bit later on in the program. And also that'll be featured in our top five at five. Thanks to Novus. There's a Novus near you, 13-22-34. Patrick Dangerfield has taken over the captain's armband at the Geelong Footy Club, taking over from an absolute legend in Joel Selwood. And congratulations to Joel Selwood on the arrival, as we know, of his first child with his lovely partner. So congratulations to him and congratulations to Patrick Dangerfield. Surreal. Yeah, it's a very proud moment. And yeah, to do it with Tom, um, who we've known each other for a long time now. We talk football every day uh, at the footy club and at home. Um, It'll be special. Yeah, no, congratulations to Patrick Dangerfield on taking over from Joel Selwood. And I think Geelong will be uh, very much the benchmark team come 2023 in the AFL. Coming in at number three is Ange Postacoglu. The Australian... important you enjoy these moments um, and I let them enjoy it uh, because you know you're going to ask them to, to front up again on, on, on Tuesday and you know in the back of my mind whatever's happening tonight I know we've got St Mirren next week away which is not an easy trip but if I start talking to them about that and they don't enjoy this they're going to start questioning why they're doing what they're doing. Well let's have a look at what is regarded as one of the most amazing chokes, I reckon, in sporting history. It was a match between South Australia and Tasmania. Uh, let's just have a listen first, and I'll explain exactly what happened. But really, uh, four runs required, I think about five wickets in hand, final over, and this is what transpired. She faces Sarah Coit down the wicket, and she is bowled. Oh, boy. Busby is stopped. She's out. 
She's out. She's been stumped by Emma Maddox-Jeeves. Can you believe this? Three balls to come. Three to win. Two for a tie. It's Wilson. He faces Coit. And she hits it hard. It's off the road. It's out again. Can you believe this? Can you believe it? That is ricocheted off the outstretched hand of Sarah Coit. Wellington now. She's hit again on the pads. And she's out. Oh, she's out. This is extraordinary. Three wickets and one run. This is the last ball of the match. It's Coit to Mashangwe. And she hits it hard. It's up to mid-off. It's a single and it won't be enough. The Tigers have won it. They've gone back to back. Can you believe that? <laughs> One of the most wildest overs of cricket you'll ever see. Needing just four runs in the final over and with five wickets in hand, South Australia managed to be bowled out and lose the match. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. One of the great chokes. Coming in at number two and at number one, of course, uh, by the length of the straight, as they say in racing parlance, Australians win in the T20 World Cup final against South Africa to make it six T20 finals victories in total. And the legend that is this Australian cricket team creates yet another awe-inspiring chapter in cricketing folklore through a clinical display here at Newlands. It is their second hat-trick of T20 World Cup trophies. It is their sixth T20 World Cup trophy, their 13th title across this format and 50 overs combined. And it's an understatement to say they are the very best. It's a pretty special effort from the group. Uh, you know, all the teams came really hard at us. We, we knew that was going to happen. But to be able to perform so well throughout the tournament, super proud. Yeah, no, congratulations. That was just uh, amazing. Uh, and as I said, we're going to touch on that in just a moment. But just having a look at it, Australia won the Women's T20 World Cup sixth time when they beat South Africa by 19 runs. In that final at New Orleans, opening batter Beth Mooney, who I mentioned, plays for the Perth Scorchers, anchored the Australian innings, scoring an unbeaten 74 in the total of uh, 6 for 156. Uh, she was the player of the match as well. South Africa, on the other hand, congratulations them. They never gave up with the required run rate and were restricted to 137 for the loss of six, despite their opener, Laura Voldovat, hitting 61 off 48 balls. Third straight T20 World Cup triumph and the sixth time they've won it uh, out of the eight times it's been held. So it was just an amazing performance. As I said, uh, we'll speak uh, to Christina Matthews, the chief executive of the Wacker, in just a moment. Interesting, uh, Roy has just texted in on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Pete, in the top five at five, should SENWA breakfast host... Tim Gossich's birthday be mentioned. Is it Goss's birthday today? Is he 60 today? He's pretty close, I reckon. How old's Goss? I think he was born about 66. So he's not far away, 57, 58. We'll confirm Goss's birthday, but if you're listening in, Goss, 50. He was born in 65, so that makes Goss 58 today. Hey, Goss. You're on the home straight to the big 6A, mate. Happy birthday from everybody here at SENWA. Hope you're enjoying your day. It's 10 past five. Back with more sport after this. Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Just 
some uh, news coming out of the AFL. Uh, Jimmy's just uh, told us that Geelong has confirmed that young defender Jack Henry will need surgery on his foot. He's out for the medium term. So a bit of news coming out of the uh, the cattery there. Uh, Lisa's been on the Tempera Bedshed text machine. Hi, Pete. Thanks for bringing up the Aussie women's cricket team. They don't seem to get the recognition that they deserve in the sporting world. Great win against South Africa. The Aussie men's cricket team could learn a lot from these girls. Also, congrats to West Coast Fever winning the pre-season Netball Cup. Yes, that was a great effort. And welcome back, Nat Butler. Of course, Nat Medhurst. So Cartwell had to take that shot, didn't she? It doesn't go, but the Fever here, they can consume time on the clock. Nat Butler, well, what a moment this would be for the expert... I might get Nat on, actually. Uh, maybe tomorrow if we haven't got time. But it'd be good to get her on for a couple of minutes. Uh, she's on with breakfast with Scotty and Goss. Ah, oh, gee. I'm the one that was a mate. I got her involved in this bloody organisation. All right, Nat. Maybe I'll pinch him and put her on now. Uh, that's from Lisa at Ellenbrook. Good on you, Lisa. But she's on tomorrow. So good on you, Nat. Uh, look forward to hearing you on the SEN Breakfast Show tomorrow. Okay, Christina Matthews now joins us. She's the CEO of the West Australian Cricket Association. And uh, we're going to have a chat about uh, the great performance by the Australian women's cricket team taking out the T20 title there in South Africa. Christina, thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks very much. And you would have sat up last night and viewed, of course, uh, the Australians take off again another T20 title against South Africa. What were your thoughts on the performance last night? Um, look, uh, as usual, it was pretty clinical. Like a lot of people, I imagine I fell asleep um, during past <laughs> it. Uh, but uh, I, um, I, I woke up, uh, I think, with about three overs to go and knew... It was in the bag. But uh, South Africa, I thought, did really well uh, in the first five overs. But you could see Australia um, sort of taking the ascendancy. And um, I just think they've done an amazing job in a tournament in a country they really haven't toured much in. And also with a uh, Women's Premier League auction going on halfway through it, mm. um, which was something they'd never experienced before. So I think Shelley Nitschke did really well to keep them all focused on the task at hand. Now, you've been around sporting circles a long time and sports yeah. administration. Now, there's been some dominant teams in Australia over the decades, but it appears this crop of superstars might just be the best we've seen. What are your thoughts on the fact that they've won so much in such a short space of time? After all, this Women's T20 World Cup, they won it for the sixth time. So where do you think this team ranks? It's got to be up there with uh, one of our greatest sporting teams ever. Um, there's probably no doubt that uh, given the length of time they've been able to make maintain their dominance. They're probably the best team um, that Australia's um, produced um, uh, in the um, women's um, uh, uh, arena. Um, but I, I think they're leading the way. And I think um, a bit of credit to Cricket Australia in that in that um, the move from amateur to professional happened really quickly at Australian level. 
um, they, they recognised a long time ago now, um, uh, sort of the beginning of the um, last decade, that they needed to do um, up what the girls were being playing, allow them to be full-time athletes. And we're seeing um, uh, the benefit of that. Um, it'll be really interesting... Uh, um, over the next little while to see how there's an increase in um, funding for the domestic players to take the domestic game to another level. Um, there's lots of competition on the horizon um, from a cricket point of view, um, but also, um, you know, if you watch, watch the West Coast Fever on the weekend, they've um, uh, uh, followed up their win last winter with a win in the pre-season comp. Um, they're starting to sort of really um, dominate um, the Super Netball competition um, and getting lots of Australian representation. So, you know, it's no surprise when athletes become better paid, that they can put more time into it, they can manage their lives better and the results are better performances on the field on the um, court, um, wherever. Yeah, interesting uh, when we look at a couple of individuals in the Australian team that were so victorious and against South Africa last night. You've got opening bat Beth Mooney, of course, part of the Perth Scorchers. She made 74. Yeah. She was the player of the match. You know her very well. Uh, an outstanding individual. And then you've got Captain Meg Lanning, who took a bit of a break from the game and yeah. came back bigger and better than ever with bat and with leadership. And, and of course, she played with the Perth Scorchers for a couple of seasons as well, and you would have been yeah. right behind that. Tell us about those two individuals. Yeah, well, I think... Um uh, Beth Mooney's sort of the quiet achiever. She opens the batting with Elisa Healy. And all the talk is always about um, uh, Elisa and her dominance, her big game nature. But uh, there's very few players in this team over the last um, 10 years who have the consistency that Beth has. She brings it to us in the Scorchers and she brings it to the Australian team. She's not one who looks for um, accolades. And, you know, it always surprises me when she's on the mic um, in games because she's not someone who's outgoing. Um, she just does what she needs to do. But she's probably uh, the rock in that side now, particularly with Rachel Haynes having gone. She's the quiet achiever who gives them a platform uh, in all games. And I think where Meg Lanning's um, concerned, um, you know, it was really brave of her to take that break. She didn't know what was going to come of it, whether she'd come back and play. But I think if you've listened to her over this World Cup, you can see she's really enjoying her cricket again. Um, and she looks like she's smiling. It's not just her mouth, it's her eyes and her face. She's got a real joy back in um, playing the game again. Yeah, so the, uh, the break was uh, overdue probably for Meg. Uh, she needed a bit of a break from the game. And as you mentioned, Christina, she'd come back bigger and better than ever. Saying that, she's come out and saying, I'd love to hang around for the next uh, Women's World Cup because it's here in Australia. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, well, she's not that old, so she could easily do that. Um, and uh, look, we've seen over the last um, seven years, we've had um, three World Cups in that time, the men's 50-over World Cup, the women's T20 and the men's T20. They're great events. Um, our teams uh, team to do well with, uh, with them. Obviously, our men's team didn't do so well in October, um, but there were a lot of reasons for that, I think, with the um, controversy that was going on with the team at the time. But I, I think it really lifts um, Australian cricket fans and it lifts our, our players as well.
And what has this done for the profile of women's cricket, certainly here in Australia? I love watching it because technically they're so good. They're athletic. And as you mentioned, now they're professionals, full-time professionals in the sport. You've seen it grow in your decade as CEO at the West Australian Cricket Association. Where to from here do you think for the sport? I think it's just getting stronger and stronger. I mean, Cricket Australia released um, uh, over the weekend um, their girls' participation numbers for this year. They've cracked um, um, through the uh, 20,000 mark. Um, more and more girls are seeing this uh, as an option. Um, obviously, the Women's Premier League auction raised the profile again, so um, the opportunities uh, are broader than they ever were. Um, uh, so I, I think it's just going to continue to grow. But um, you can't take the eye off the ball, um, uh, for want of a bit of, bit of a term. You know, as administrators, we've got to keep coming on behind these teams' successes and making sure we've got programs for young girls to participate and, and um, more importantly, programs that are available to them when these things are happening. In cricket, we generally have our teams all put together in October and then... For the six months, you can't join a team. Whereas nowadays, we're looking at having different programs that are happening as this, the intense part of the summer is going on. Um, uh, Woolworths Cricket Blast are opening new centres um, uh, this month to cater for um, renewed interest with things like the World Cup, um, the Men's Indian Test Series and so forth. So we've got to be on our game about how to open up opportunities for people to be part of the game. Good on you, Christina. Thanks for joining us uh, and having a chat to us about uh, the success last night of the Australian team in the World uh, T20 uh, World Cup. Thanks for your time. Terrific. Thank you. Oh, it's lovely to chat to Christina Matthews. Thanks for joining us again, Christina. And uh, certainly uh, the women's sport, and particularly women's cricket, right front and centre at the moment. Don't forget, double demerit supply from midnight Thursday until midnight Monday for speeding or using a mobile phone or radar detector while driving. So get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast. So just be careful and uh, drive to the speed limit. Oh, lovely to talk to Troy of Collie. He used to talk to Troy quite a bit when I was at my previous employment. Hello, Troy. How's things down Collie Way? Bloody hot, Peter. (laughs) 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 The cold's not on fire, mate. It's the bloody weather. Have you seen my mate Stephen Michael around the traps driving the truck? Or I think he's retired actually now, hasn't he? Now, a couple of months ago that I heard something about Stephen, and this, um, actually, that's what I didn't ring for, but um, Collie being a small town, as you know, and the reason why Stephen never joined the VFL was because of his family, and um, I heard his mum's okay now, but he was over there looking after his mum, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and you can imagine Stephen doing something like that too. No, he's a good man. He's a good man. Anyway, he Troy, is. thanks for calling the program. What do you want to have a bit of a chat about, mate? Um, this con- concussion um, court case, whatever it is, class action, isn't it? Yeah, well, technical uh, word, Peter. Yep, yeah, go on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you allowed to talk about it? Of course you are. Of course you are. You got an opinion. Yeah. You got an yeah. opinion. You give me your opinion, Troy. All right. Well, I've heard a lot of radio today and I've rang a few stations, especially on this network earlier in the day. And Anyway, um, they brought out a report in 1995, so that's 28 years. As far as I'm concerned, they haven't progressed Mm -hmm. anywhere near as much as they should do. 
Um, the thing is, Peter, like, I've heard a few comments and like from ex-players, and I think they've still got the player code on their forehead, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, they say you cross the line, you take the chance or the risk. But the thing is, Peter, you've got to play within the rules. Yes. You, know, if you play within the rules, you don't have an issue. And the spirit of the game as well, which we you know some it is getting better to, compared to past years. And the other thing is when they go to the tribunal, the, the sentences need to be suspension, not money side of it. But mm. I reckon with now that money's getting involved, Peter, now yep. like you've said in my in the introduction, yeah, um, you've you've known me for quite a few years, and um, I'd like to think that I tell it how it is, or how I think it is anyway. I think now that money's got involved in it, I think um, they might pull their socks up and pull their head in and actually do something about it seriously instead of putting up a puppet show and actually, you know, saying that we are doing something and not doing anything. Yeah, so I'd, I'd certainly... Hoping. I, and the thing is, there's no question that the lawyers that are involved are, or certainly threatening to maybe bring it to the court process in coming weeks have looked at what's happened with former NFL players and a number were certainly, well, those former players, uh, they result in a massive settlement and uh, that's what they've looked at. NFL players took it to court, massive settlement out of court and they got what they were searching for, these NFL players. And, And there's no question that the AFL community now and these lawyers that supposedly going to take this action to the Victorian Supreme Court in a matter of weeks have looked at what's happened in the United States. Anyway, Troy, we'll have to see exactly how it falls out. Mate, keep safe, keep cool and uh, keep listening. I appreciate your call. Yeah, I don't, I'm not too sure about the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, yeah, mate. mate. You're not li- if you're not living on the edge, Freddie, you're not living. Ah, oh, I love it. Good on you, Troy. You're sounding fantastic. Thanks for the call, mate. That's uh, Troy of Collie. Just some uh, text messages that have come through on the temper at Bedshed text machine. Not Christina's fault, but obviously the one-day final at midday Wednesday is a disgrace. Of course, WA play in that marsh one-day 50-a-side final, and it is a midweek game, which is a bit crazy. I agree with you, uh, Brendan. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe to do with all the fixturing or whatever, but having it on a Wednesday is just crazy. Hey, Pete, uh, Vogus must be in calculations for future Australian coach, and Christina Matthews has overseen amazing success. I was just saying that to Jimmy and Lee, actually, during the break. She's been there for over a decade, and she has turned it around. She was the one that got Langer in there and was responsible for the program there at the Wacker. But she's overseen amazing success. She should be headhunted for something like Trevor Nisbet's replacement or Cricket Australia. Uh, That's another text that came through, but there's no name to that. But, yeah, I think she's been... She's been outstanding, and uh, at the moment, uh, the West Australian Cricket Association, I think, is the envy of many a cricket association at the moment. In fact, sporting organisation, because when you look at the player stocks and the structure they have in place, um, Christina, as the CEO, oversees all of it. Uh, Andy, who's a Bombers supporter, says, happy birthday to the Goss. Hope you have a wonderful day, mate. So there you go. Turns 58 years young today does the goss who's on tomorrow morning with Scotty.
for breakfast between 6 and 8 here on SENWA. Let's have a look at some sports uh, news headlines. Thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three, get one free on selected Falcon tyres during Tyre Power's best buys on big brands sale. And very quickly, Australian pace spearhead Mitchell Stark is preparing to play through pain in his test comeback as he takes on a critical role vacated by Patrick Cummings. Uh, Stark will likely be named as the sole specialist quick for the third test in indoor with support from all-rounder Cameron Green as the pair both return from finger injuries. And Sam Kerr, even though she had the big trip from Australia, didn't seem like she was suffering from jet lag. Just four days after leading Australia to the Cup of Nations triumph in Newcastle, the Matildas captain was back in business uh, for Chelsea in a 100th game, scoring a goal in a 2-0 win in an FA Cup triumph over Arsenal. Good on you, Sam. We'll talk some more soccer next here on SENWA. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos for Kia, wherever you may be listening around this great state of ours. Well, there was some big international football action overnight. Of course, one at Wembley Stadium in London and the other one at Hampden Park in Glasgow. And we go to Glasgow first because it was another triumph for Melbourne's Ange Postacoglu. We all follow it very closely now. The former soccer is coach. Another success last night. Back-to-back League Cup final wins. And last night it was against Rangers. And to discuss everything when it comes to international football, we've got Daniel Garve joining us on the program. Daniel, thanks for your time. No worries, Pete. Nice to talk to you, mate. I'm looking at all the feedback from the Hoop supporters, actually, after their 2-1 win over Rangers last night. And all of a sudden, a lot of these Celtic supporters, who, of course, have been Celtic supporters for a long, long time, saying Ange Postacoglu is the best Celtic manager that we have had since Jock Steen, which is a big, big rap, isn't it? It is, and they've been saying it for a little while now, that the football that they've been playing is the best since that era and that the way in which he presents and communicates with the fans and with the players is with the same awe as that legendary Scottish manager. So that just hammers home how impressive Ange is, how brilliant he is, and how certain it is that he's set for a bigger stage in time. But let's not lose sight of what he's achieving at the moment at Celtic because he's won three of the four trophies available to him so far. He's won the Scottish League Cup two years in a row now. He won the title. He missed out on the Scottish FA Cup last season, but he's got the chance to win that this season, and he's nine points clear at the top of the table with Celtic. So the treble is on. Um, The football that they're playing is fantastic once more. They've beaten Rangers in a massive game once more. I mean, he's going through a fair few Rangers managers at the moment. Steven Gerrard's gone. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is gone. Now they've got Michael Beale that had a little crack at... Uh, and when he took over the, the job at Rangers and Andrews knocked him off in a big game already. So he's, uh, he's cruising past the old enemy as well, which only endears him more and more to the Celtic supporters. Aaron Moy is running the show for him in midfield, which is another great thing to see from an Aussie point of view. Harry Kiel's one of his assistant coaches. They just love him there. They love him. They, but they have resigned themselves to, uh, in their minds, the fact that he is leaving at some stage. That he'll go to the English Premier League. To them, it's not a matter of if, it's when. And I think that view is pretty unanimous across uh, English football and Scottish football that Andrew will be in the Premier League at some stage. But 
before then. Um, he's got a Premier League title to win to go with the, uh, the League Cup and maybe an FA Cup. Um, mm-hmm. with the League Cup that he won over Rangers uh, last night. Interesting. I was having a coffee with the football authority over here earlier today here in Perth, and we're discussing that very uh, question on when he will move on. I just got a feeling, and, and I get, I'd like to get your opinion on this, I think he'll certainly stay at Celtic again next season because I think he wants to conquer at least a uh, decent performance in the Champions League. Uh, Of course, Celtic couldn't get out of the group stage in this Champions League campaign. He'd love to combat that for the Celtic faithful, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. But if a job comes that is to his liking and it's the right situation and it's the right club and the time frame, crucially, is to his liking as well, and that means he's got enough time in a pre-season to work with a club and to set things up and embed his style of play, I think he will take it. It may be essential, though, that he has a good run in Europe in order to get the exact job that he wants. Make no mistake, Ange Postacoglu believes that he can manage one of the biggest clubs in the world. I think he is of the opinion that he can manage a top-six club. Um, And he was of the opinion that he can manage a big club in Europe before anyone else, and look what he's doing at Celtic right now. So he thinks he can do that. Um, If he gets a stepping stone club that he likes before he does something in Europe of notes, well, then I think he'll take it. And that could happen in the off-season. But if that job opportunity isn't there or it doesn't feel right, then yes, maybe he needs a European exploit to get the exact job that he covets. Um, But whether it's the end of this season or the season after, I think it will happen. And it wouldn't surprise me if it happens at the end of this season if there is a vacancy that's to his liking. Mm, Okay, let's go uh, south uh, to Wembley Stadium and London. Manchester United, who have been devoid of silverware for a number of seasons, I think 2017 might have been the last time they won any silverware, took on Newcastle, whose uh, cupboard has been barren for a long, long time. They battled it out in the English uh, or the Carabao Cup or the League Cup final and it was Man United by two goals to nil. I know you're a Liverpool supporter, so it would have hurt you last <laughs> night watching the Red Devils uh, pick up some silverware. Oh, no, it's only the League Cup. If they win the title, then maybe it'll hurt a little bit. But look, it's, uh, it's still a handy trophy to win, and it's probably a stepping stone trophy for Eric Ten Hag. I mean, the big clubs exist to win big trophies, and that's the Premier League and the Champions League. And uh, the FA Cup is the one after that, and then there's the League Cup. But... You do have to get into the habit of winning. Um, Manchester United have gone through cultural turmoil over the last five to ten years. They've had a couple of little rises, but more often than not, they've been in the doldrums based on where they once were. And they've gone through David Moyes and Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho and, and others. And it just, it's never clicked. They finally landed one that works in Eric Ten Hag. And they've found themselves a very good manager who is changing the culture there, who is gutsy enough to bench Cristiano Ronaldo and basically flick him from the club to set the tone of how they want things to go. And now they are playing as a team. Look, they've spent more money than any club in world football over the last five to ten years. They've got an incredible squad. They should be doing this. But other managers have failed and Ten Hag has got them on the right path now. They've got some very good players. They've spent the money together, the squad. They just needed to get on the same page. And they've done that. They've won the League Cup. You feel sorry for Newcastle because they just haven't won a trophy in so long. But their time will come with the uh, resources they've got now due to their Saudi owners. And I think United are up to their eyeballs, Pete, in the title race as well. In the title race as well. Do not discount them in this race 
with uh, Arsenal and Manchester City because they have momentum at the moment, and momentum is critical. It is so important in a title race, and they have better form right now than Arsenal and United, and they are not sorry in City, and they are not too far off them uh, in points either. Yeah. As we let you go, because I know you're commuting at the moment, we don't want to distract you too much. We thank you for your time. Let's talk about your beloved club. They're 21 points behind uh, the leaders at the moment in Arsenal. It's been a wretched season for Jurgen Klopp and the people at Anfield. They drew nil-nil away to Crystal Palace at the weekend. You'd have to say that maybe this could be Jurgen's final season. How do you see Liverpool as a fan, as a commentator, on where they're at right now? It's been a poor year. It's been one, I think, in which mentally they've seemed drained from what was a a season last time out where they challenged for all four trophies. Um, He hasn't refreshed the squad enough in midfield. In attack he has, but in midfield there's no doubt that they are tired. Uh, Some key players, notably Mohamed Salah, have been way off their best. Fabinho as well. Uh, there have been some other injuries, and uh, and that's really stagnated things. So I think you'll see a clear out at the end of the season. I think Klopp will stay. If he doesn't get the financial backing that he needs in order to change things up, well, then he'll say, what's the point? You may as well bring in a new manager because we need to turn things over and bring in some big big players. I think they will do that, and I think Jurgen Klopp will want to stay for that. But if there is an absence of finances, then maybe he has a rethink. I can't see them sacking him and I can't see him resigning just yet because I think he wants to see a rebuild of that club and he wants to oversee that. And and that is exciting for Liverpool fans. They're just going to get through the rest of the season, which is uh, petering out at the moment at a pretty concerning rate. And finally, I just had to throw you this one. Arsenal are top at the moment. The Gunners as well are in the Premier League title hunt. You mentioned Manchester United could make a late run. Can the Gunners hold on in your eyes? They can. They're searching for their first title since 2004. It's a a long drought, and they'd want to take this chance because if they don't, we know how competitive it is. There are seven clubs on paper that can win the title in England now with Newcastle coming through with their money as well. I mean, if you don't take your chance when you're up there, who knows when you'll get it again? And even though they have a very good young squad and an excellent young manager in Mikel Arteta who got through a very tough period when a lot of Arsenal fans wanted him out. Um, but they're in the box seat. But City have the experience and plenty of games to come, and they've knocked off Arsenal recently, and they can put together a string of wins, as we know, in a short space of time. But United are right there with them, and they're on a run at the moment, and that's dangerous. You can't afford too many slip-ups if you're Arsenal. Big game for them midweek. They need to win it against Everton. They need to take three points there and give themselves a bit of a buffer and then set themselves again. They certainly can win it. I think it's a pretty even call between all three clubs. I think it'll be a really tight title race. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's going to be an exciting run to the finish line in the Premier League. Thanks for joining us, Garby. You appreciate it, mate. Stay safe and we'll keep in touch. No worries. Thanks, Pete. Good on you, mate. I'll let you go. Thanks for your time, huh? No worries. All right, mate. All the best. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. Daniel Garb, uh, football commentator, joining us looking at the... uh
action in the UK across the weekend. Some big games talking about the respective League Cup finals in Scotland and England and also where Liverpool and Arsenal sit in the Premier League standings at the moment. Certainly Liverpool mid-table, Arsenal, as you mentioned, searching for their first Premier League title since 2004. We'll take a break, uh, come back and wrap up the show for you on the other side of this break here on Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Kia. Welcome back to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos on this Monday. That's basically it for the program. Thanks for joining us on the Temper Bedshed text machine. It's always there for you. Every program, uh, 0487 736 736. Of course, Bedshed are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. All you need to do is check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. Let's have a look at the weather for New Farm Australian through and through a warm one today. It's going to continue for the remainder of the week in Perth and, in fact, for Bunbury in the southwest. For tomorrow, we're looking at a top of 37 degrees, sunny conditions. We'll have winds easterly, 25 to 40 knots, and gusts up to 70 k's possible about the hills and foothills in the morning. 21 the low tonight, 37 tomorrow, 37 also for Wednesday and Thursday, and 35 degrees for Friday. Before it cools down a bit during the Labor Day long weekend, 30, 28 and 28 for the Monday. And having a look at Bunbury, looking at a a similar situation with the weather, with Bunbury forecasting a top of 35 degrees tomorrow, dropping to a low of 18 tonight. Sunny conditions, 35 also for Wednesday, 33 for Thursday, and also 33 for Friday. And the update brought to you by New Farms Products. They're formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm Australian through and through. And don't forget, uh, being a long weekend, as I mentioned, double demerit supply from midnight Thursday until midnight Monday for drink or drug driving, not wearing a seatbelt or running a red light. Get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast. Thanks for joining the program. We'll be back with more tomorrow from 5 here on Sports Day WA. All thanks to Kia and the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Thanks to Lee. Thanks to Jimmy. See you tomorrow after the run home.